Happy Tuesday, all things Montessori community. I'm so excited about this week's episode. We have Jamie back with us for this episode. Oh man, it was so fun to chat, hear all of her updates, and just be on the episode together. It's a blast. I hope you enjoy. We talk all about summer and breaks in general and how to, you know, take care of yourself, but also, you know, see if there's any professional development resources or anything to help you feel refreshed and reset for the school year. This episode is brought to you by Patreon. We have a new patron to welcome, Phoebe. Phoebe, thanks so much for becoming a patron of All Things Montessori. I really could not do this show without all of you, so thank you so much. And if you want to become a patron like these amazing human beings, you can go to the link below, which will take you to our Patreon page, and you can select the donation. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine too. I appreciate the listenership and the support more than words can really say. So thank you all so very much. And an update for everybody who is already a patron. I got the stickers in the mail finally. It was a mess, but Etsy was great and they helped me. And I finally got the All Things Montessori stickers and they will be going out in the mail very soon. So thank you all for all your patience. And then of course, this episode is brought to you by Sapling Supply. I had the pleasure of interviewing Paul and Joe from Sapling Supply a few episodes back. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go ahead and listen to it. It's really, really fun. But they are wonderful humans and they have created this beautiful company. And if you're looking for something for your Montessori classroom or perhaps something for your home environment, I couldn't recommend it enough. So you can go to their website. It's linked below and you can get 10% off anything site-wide using our promo code ATM10. Without further ado, here is this amazing episode with Jamie. Hey, Jamie, how's it going? Hey, Rachel, it's going well. Happy summer. Happy summer. It's hot. (laughs) It is hot, although my friends and family in the West Coast of the U.S. are in worse shape, although it seems like maybe it's breaking a little. Um, I think so too. Um, my cousin and my aunt were in a, they were at a wedding this past weekend and they were so excited to go to the Northwest at this time of year to get kind of nice seventies, maybe low eighties. And it was like 108. So. Yeah. And you know, out there, most people don't have air conditioning in their homes. So I'm, even though it's hot here, I'm grateful that yeah, me too. More cooling, cooling options. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's so wild that those temperatures, just seeing that, um, it's just, it's nuts. So Jamie, what's been going on? Can you update us on all things, uh, let's see, all things Rising Tide and all things Sea Lavender Montessori? How's it all going? Sure, yeah, it's good. I, well, it's been fun to to listen and see the different interviews that um, you've been doing on all things Montessori. And we have been hard at work on our projects in New Jersey as well. So we've, um, we've officially got our location for sea lavender. So we've got some work to do on the space this summer, but it'll be in um, Belmar, New Jersey, right in the, little downtown area. We're getting close to full. Uh, We we only have a few spaces left for children, which has 
exceeded our expectations for the school. Um, mm-hmm. We are thrilled to to have a, a full a full group, full classroom this fall. And yeah, we got I got the you know Neen House order last year last week, and um, and so all of everything's trucking along to to start on uh, September seventh. Wow. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's so awesome. Um, how big was the Neen House order? Was it like <laughs> I'm just envisioning like them them order like you ordered a house and like they dropped it off? Well, they pack it pretty efficiently. It was just it was one pallet. Okay, so, got um, it, got it. So, but that's a fair amount of boxes when you take each and every one off yes. the pallet. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of course we're in the experience of like, I I'm already keeping a tally of how many times I move these boxes. Because oh, yep. I had to get them off the pallet, but they're, but the floor I put them on has to be replaced. So we're going oh, to, <laughs> <laughs> so I already know that we're going to at least move them two more times. And, you know, so it's, it's our joke about mm-hmm. the sorts of, even with the best of planning um, and organizing, you sometimes end up having to move things four or five yep. times. So, yeah, especially in the classroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so exciting. So what's up with Rising Tide? Well, with Rising Tide, we are bringing on this week officially um, two more people to work with us. Um Aaron Smith, who we've had on the podcast here, will be uh, doing our birth to three content and the, and potentially some other projects with us. Um, so she starts this summer. And then uh, Francoise Sansoni is going to work with us on um, 12 to 18 content and also world languages. So um, mm-hmm. we're super excited to be expanding our team and uh, really digging into more of the getting more content out there, more videos available, and also looking at um, other ways that we can continue to support uh, adults who are working with children. So we're excited. That is so exciting. That's so exciting. I I love watching the journey, you know, watching it from an idea that you had and now looking where you are now. That's so awesome. It is. It's going to yeah. be it's going to be fun. And and you know, most of us are in the process of moving this in <laughs> right. few weeks as well. So nothing like um having a, you know, everything in transition all at once, but all, mm-hmm. all super exciting and all, um, and everything's going remarkably smoothly, knock on wood, um, <laughs> despite all the, all the moving pieces. So, right. We are getting really excited to welcome our amazing staff and to welcome all the children in the fall. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's just going to be so much fun, a fun place to be every day. And that's our goal. Like not only for the children to be happy, mm-hmm. to be um, excited and curious and feel a sense of belonging and a sense of being their authentic selves in our classroom, but we're really building that same sort of culture for all the adults as well. So 
That's so important. It's so important because, you know, when you're as an adult in the classroom or around children, when you're excited and happy, that energy just is so infectious and completely just transcends onto the kids. Yeah. So that's so important and so awesome. Yeah, um, we um we are we are all feeling pretty excited and and uh, grateful to be digging into this work. So Yay. Awesome. Well, thanks for that amazing update. I will link Rising Tide and Sea Lavender below so everybody can check it out. And if you're not already following them on Instagram, go ahead and do that. I'll link that as well. And, you know, speaking of summer, uh, we were we were sort of brainstorming what to talk about, as we always do. <laughs> we're always like, oh, there's so many things to talk about. What are we going to talk about? And, you know, summer is a sacred time for teachers if you have a break. Um, breaks in general are a really important time. But also it's, it's sort of a, it's a hard time to figure out how to use that time wisely. You know, I, I would find myself going into the summer with a list of a million things and then I would just get so overwhelmed that I wouldn't get anything done. Um, so I wanted to talk with Jamie just about how we can utilize our summer or any kind of break that you're on, but also still have time for yourself. So Jamie, what, how did you use your summers when you were in the classroom? I was actually <laughs> just trying to remember because <laughs> <laughs> a really long time. And, and since I left the classroom to work with adults, I haven't ever, I haven't really had a summer off of, yeah. you know, of day to day work. Um, but let's see. I mean, I generally, I had little kids then too. So yes, that's right. So, so <laughs> like, oh, and my summer was completely full of other small children. But I think that um, one thing I did or tried to do as much as possible was go to the EAA summer conference. Yeah. Um, and I know you've been to one too, Rachel, right? I have never been oh, to one. I, I was going to go, it was one of, it, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I've always had something happening when, when they were happening or there was one in Colorado that I wanted to go to, but something else was going on then. Um, oh, I think I was going to Mongolia, which that was cool. Um, but <laughs> I have not been to one. And I think last year it was canceled. Or it was virtual or they something, right? And this year it's going to be virtual too. So if you, right, I probably go because it's virtual. It, but, yeah. If you're an EAA member, I encourage you to go or some sort of, you know, there's lots of really great professional development offerings now. Um, and they're all virtual or largely virtual yeah. in the summer. So I do encourage, uh, I do encourage people to do something like that with the summer because I, you know, so with summer holidays here in the Northern hemisphere, you know, we have this long chunk of time out of the classroom usually. And so it's a nice time to do some professional development when you're not going back to work on Tuesday morning or something with the children, you know, when you have time mm -hmm. to really um, reflect on it uh, and not, um, I mean, it's good to do it during the year too. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying, don't forget that you have this additional time for reflection in the summer oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's super, um, 
important to take advantage of, even if it can sometimes feel like the last thing you actually want to be doing, because it does require focus and engagement. Um, So I think that's one thing that I think is useful to try to plan in your summertime. And I know most teachers figure something out to support them in the summers. And then, but also taking some downtime, really making sure that you're taking several days in a row um, that is that don't that you're not working on on your classroom stuff that you're really giving yourself time to um, let go of that and think about all sorts of other things in your life. (laughs) Yeah, things you haven't maybe had time to think about or, you know, I, I get what you mean about, you know, those conferences and things like that, how it's like, okay, I'm on break. Um, and I know I should go to this thing, but I'm so tired and it's so good to be re-inspired and I, and, and good to be re-inspired and go to one of those things. And like you said, Jamie, not just have to run back into the classroom in another day or something, because then you have the time to really sit with it, you know, and you have the time to really reflect because, um, you know, the school year just will basically flash before your eyes and so many things happen. And, and I remember having just like a list of things that I needed to get to, but I didn't seem to be able to get to them (laughs) until the summer. And then the summer came and I was so tired. I didn't want to do them. (laughs) So I just think it's like a, it's sort of a balancing act, right? Like, you know, finding those ways to be re-inspired over the summer but also giving yourself a break, like going to the pool or just like having a couple days where you go see friends or family or go on a nice road trip somewhere or yeah, just taking that time to just disconnect from your role as being a teacher. Yeah. So, yep. Just, yeah. Allowing your mind to really be in the present and to be free of the 27 things you're usually juggling during mm-hmm. the, during the school year. Um, but then also <laughs> anyone who's a teacher knows that just because it's a holiday, it doesn't mean that you aren't working or thinking or planning. And so when you like try to, I had a notebook that I would jot ideas in or new, you know, I was always like refining classroom systems um, or how, Mm -hmm. how I might do something differently next year. So also give yourself time to brainstorm about these things. Think of new ways or reflect on what worked and what didn't work in the previous year. It's important to give, you know, to when they, again, when you don't have 27 other things vying for your attention, to be able to think more big picture about your classroom, about things Mm -hmm. you want to improve or change. I'm certainly doing a lot of that already this summer, Mm -hmm. uh, looking toward next year of how, how I'm going to welcome this community of children. How am I going to build the culture of the classroom, especially a group of children that have spent the previous year, mostly at home, you know, with COVID. Um, So how are we going to learn to be in community together again, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. then what systems could we establish that will 
support that. And um, so, you know, it's thinking about those kinds of things. I think it's good to be very intentional about uh, carving out time for yourself to do that kind of um, that kind of planning and being sort of strategic about uh, the new the next school year. Even if you've been in the classroom for twenty years, I, I think it's I think it's even more important then because we can't ever allow ourselves to become complacent. And mm-hmm. just, well, this has worked for me for 10 years, so I'm going to keep doing it. Because if that's right. the way we're functioning, then we're not paying attention to the individual children that we have in front of us every year and the mm-hmm. particular community that forms every year. You know, I ha- I taught for whatever, 11 years before and I had a different community every year, even two thirds of it, even though two thirds of it was the same, right? But mm-hmm. um, a different, co- you know, combination of children results in a different kind of community that results in different kinds of needs that required me to shift our systems and our uh, and our sort of rituals in the classroom to support that. So even if you feel like you've got this pretty well down, I would take some time to reflect on what is and isn't working. And do you have systems you've put in place for the entire class that were really meant for a handful of children and maybe you need to scale those back or, you know, just do some real critical reflection on how the classroom has been functioning and what you might want to shift and change. That's such a great point about Two, well, all of it was a great point, but two things really stuck out to me. One, that the community is constantly changing, which is so true. I mean, one child can make a community different. Like it's it's so it's so interesting how different different children and different um, relationships form, different friendships, you know, all those sorts of things. It really just creates a totally different group. But then also that aspect of coming back in the classroom after the pandemic while we're still in the pandemic and and things are still not completely back to normal, but we're getting to a space where it kind of looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, But yeah, responding to they've either been home for a year or they were in school for a little bit and then not, or maybe it's dual learning. Yeah. That's a lot to think about. What are some of the uh, things that you've, you've thought of in terms of the response to COVID? Well, I mean, the big thing I think will be helping the children with their socialization. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, totally. Because I mean, we're all a mess. <laughs> right. We all are. I mean, I am a pretty social person. And but I have been so isolated for the last year. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've had a busy June with my daughter graduating and family all coming from out West and party and all the, you know, fully vaccinated, everybody careful, you know, all of that, but just to make sure everyone knows, but, (laughs) but, um, but that was exhausting as fun as it was. I mean, and it was super fun, you know, and what I noticed too, in the party that we had at our home, Rachel mm-hmm. got to come to I was, um, I was definitely there. It was so fun. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. And everyone stayed way longer than they'd planned because everyone mm-hmm. was having fun. And so that was telling to me as I think about the children, like, 
there's going to be this like super desire to be together because it's so fun and such a relief after so long of not having that. But then Mm -hmm. also it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Totally. (laughs) And, And, and it takes partly because the, you know, that energy it takes to be socially present and appropriate is something we haven't had to exercise very much, except in Zoom calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because when we're just around our family, we can pretty much behave however we want. Right, right. Of um, course. And when we're around other people, that takes more effort and we're out of practice. So I'm very conscious of that, uh, thinking about these children. Uh, for next year, that they're going to get tired. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That they're out of practice, that they're going to forget. So I know that we're going to spend a fair amount of time building our sort of community expectations and practicing them and being patient with one another. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me giving them a lot of support as they as they learn how to um, live in a community of children again. Um, So that'll be that I'm really aware will probably take a lot of our our time, especially in the first month. And I'm just reminding myself to be patient with them Mm -hmm. and with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because it's a characteristic of an elementary child to be social. So it's like they're going to be on like, it's going to be such a high level of desire to want to be social, because they haven't had that in, you know, months at this point, over a year. So it's almost like it's going to be extreme both ways, right? That extreme desire to be like, Oh, my God, group work. Oh, my God, let's talk all the time. Oh, my God, all these new friends and then crash, (laughs) like, so tired. So yeah, that'll be fascinating to, to see. I mean, it's truly this, this pandemic has been historic, as we know, and Coming out of it, I also think that there will be some milestones that will be really interesting to observe, um, especially with kids, how they, how they, you know, reacclimate and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, wow. And I think, too, for the other thing I'm really considering, it's the things I've said throughout this whole time that I've been most worried about. And none of them, none of the things I've been worried <laughs> about are academic skills. Um, yeah. It's what I've been worried about is children's curiosity and independence and then you know that social development and so those will be the big things like I want to ignite or or continue to support their curiosity and their interest in learning Mm -hmm. Um, and I also expect that there will be a fair amount of independence that will need a lot of nurturing um, Mm -hmm. simply because uh, at home, when we're at home with our children, we just, it's, it's oft, it's difficult as parents to always, uh, support the children's independence as much as is optimal, right? It's just yeah. easier to do it for them. Sometimes it's mm, just yeah. easier to accommodate this or that. And so, um, even if, parents have been, you know, super focused on independence. I know as a parent <laughs> that it's yeah, not always yeah. possible. <laughs> it's just not like, I am not going to make you clean up this mess because I just can't handle the 
the battle about it, the argument, right. the fact that it'll take 20 times longer, so I'm just going to clean yep. it up. So that kind totally. of thing at home, in the classroom, we can't have a classroom where people aren't cleaning up after themselves because there's 20 some odd people in there and it, yeah. it, it'll just be yeah. a disaster. So I have a lot more energy for that in the classroom. So I know some of those pieces will be things that we just need to continue to build and work on. And of course, there may mm-hmm. be odds and ends of academics, but that's fine. We just meet them where they are and we give them the help they need. And I'm not worried about that, but it is, I am being really thoughtful about the independence, the curiosity and the um, social development that I'm being really thoughtful about this summer as I prepare to welcome, to welcome this community together. I think that's, that's so important. And you're right. Like academics, I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter because they will pick right back up and you know that it'll be okay. Like, I mean, them forgetting their multiplication tables is not important when you think about them losing their curiosity or not knowing how to socialize. If you think about those life skills in terms of if they don't know what five times six is, you know what I mean? It's such a funny thing how, how, um, you know, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the parents communities that I've talked to are really worried about academics, really worried about the kids falling behind. And I just don't, I mean, yeah, they might be behind for like two months and then they're just going to pick right back up because they're going to be back in school. And, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky in Montessori that we have time with them, you know, to, to really um, help them gain those skills. I know the, I know it's not like that in every, in every community, but um but also I, there's the big question of like, what are they following behind? Like what? Mm-hmm, um, right. I mean, they're still learning and growing. Yes. Um, and there's no, I mean, any sort of, I struggle with that because mm-hmm. if we had, again, if we had a national standard about what a 40 year old needs to know. About, <laughs> I know. Calculus, like I would be way behind because it's been 27, 8, 30 years since I took calculus and I'm, I'm behind and not adequate. Like, so I struggle with approaching children that way instead of like acknowledging, you know, we've had this unprecedented effect, you know, uh, event mm-hmm. and children still have been learning and growing. In fact, I've, I've been talking with our families that will welcome in the fall. And some parents have asked, what should I be doing this summer mm. to prepare my child? Cause you know, we've missed this or this and I, I'm mm-hmm. like, nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. Like nothing. hang out together, maybe socialize more if you feel comfortable doing that to help them get more accustomed to being around more people, Uh, continue to read together, read out loud, have the parents read out loud, um, uh, explore, you know, now that you can get back into spaces, if you're comfortable doing so, get to the library, get to um, museums and those sorts of things that inspire interest and excitement, get, uh, you know, spend time outside, explore nature. Um, Yeah. But, uh, and I would say the same is true for teachers this year too. You guys, you know, people that worked either remotely or in person or some of both all of last year have had a much uh, more draining year than normal. So Mm -hmm. also give yourself the opportunity to relax, reconnect with 
um, you know, aspects of life before COVID. Um, yeah. And think about, I think everyone, whether or not you were remote or in person this last year, next year's a, you know, the next school year is an, is a, a time to restart and re, um, rethink again. Uh, how is it going to look? Where can, you know, so there's time for that as well as time for just rest this summer. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be hard on yourself if you do more resting. Actually, like just do more resting because <laughs> we could all use a, a big old break from from the past year and a half. Gosh, it's almost it's been so long. <laughs> I know I was kind of thinking about, well, it's funny that a year ago doesn't in some ways doesn't feel that long mm. ago. So I I'm know. like very conscious of some of the episodes we did last spring and summer mm-hmm. when we thought, when we didn't realize how long this was going to Oh no. You know? Mm-mm. No, we were, I remember when we, it was so funny when COVID first started, Jamie, we were like, should we do an episode about it? Like, <laughs> It's probably be over in a few weeks, so maybe we shouldn't bother. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I know. Um, my I know. gosh. Yeah, but we're 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 making it through, and um, I'm just so excited for the start of Sea Lavender, and you know those children being welcomed into into your classroom. It's going to be absolutely amazing, and I can't wait to watch the journey. Um, and thanks so much for being here and chatting about you know, all this fun stuff and all your updates and then, you know, your reassurance to all the, all the guides out there to, to make the most of their summer, whether it be a restful one or a highly productive one. Yeah. Either one is great. Yeah. Or something in between. (laughs) Um, right. You know, some balance is, is key all the time. I mean, I think with this work for most of us, it's such a, central part of who we are that that it's satisfying to do the thinking and the reflecting and the planning because Mm -hmm. it's it's more than just work but also it Mm -hmm. is important to have have things beyond beyond this work what else is fun and engaging Mm -hmm. in your life so Mm -hmm. pick up a new hobby or or something like that to or go back to an old one so that you're really um, working on that, on that sort of balance, but no, it's going to be a great year and I will definitely keep you all posted and I'll be checking back in here with Rachel on a regular basis. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And if there's any specific questions or things people, uh, are wondering about that, that my response might be interesting or helpful, you know, don't Mm -hmm. hesitate to let us know. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to talk about to talk about whatever's going to serve people uh, in this in this amazing work you're all doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely reach out to me. Our email is allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. and I'm happy to relay any questions to Jamie, and then we can always put it in an episode. Um, so thanks again, Jamie, for being here. It was so fun. It was fun. It was super fun. 
Thanks again, Jamie, for being on this podcast. It was so much fun to chat together about everything and especially how to take care of yourself over the summer. So again, if anyone has any questions, you can definitely reach out to me at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And if anybody needs any support, advice, maybe just somebody to talk to, always feel free to contact me via email or direct message me on Instagram. I truly love to chat about this stuff. So thanks again for listening.